You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome back to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. It is a blustery winter night here in South Florida. Okay, it's not blustery at all, but uh, I'm feeling for everybody else around the country. I've got uh, a special guest tonight on the show calling from uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. Greg, you guys got snow up in Birmingham, don't you? We got snow. It surrounded us, but we didn't get it here. We had a lot of um, we had a lot of wind damage, and uh, luckily, no black ice. Yeah, but you guys had you guys had some rough storms, right? Oh, very rough storms. Uh, a lot of down trees, you know, tr- you know, tree tree branch- branches, and some down uh, power lines. I'm actually at home now, waiting on uh, a technician. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, Greg. I was, I, I, you know, I was out walking the dogs in my shorts and t-shirt and and flip flops, and I was just, I felt horrible for you. I really did. I really did. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Greg and I go back a long, long time. It's been well over twenty years, twenty around twenty two. It's been a long time. We've we've right. we sort of got together in the in the whole back in the bodybuilding days. You were a bodybuilder and a coach, and I was a writer and photographer, and and uh, and we met in Birmingham. I think was the first time, wasn't it? Was, was it, it was? It sure yeah, was. Yeah. You and Lane came down for a a photo shoot, and we actually introduced ourselves on online. Actually, wow. <laughs> what was it then? Was it was it MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't my face, but I do have a funny story that I can't believe I've never told you. <laughs> okay, okay, I can't so wait. Because I think your audience will find this quite funny. So, you know, here I am, I'm online, and I'm watching, and I'm looking, and I'm like, man, I want to really elevate my business, and I want to, um, you know, find somebody that, you know, to mentor me, and somebody that would um, just kind of give me the ins and outs and tell me the truth, you know, the honest truth of what the fitness industry was about. So after months and months and months of looking and researching, I found you online. <laughs> so I sent you an email, and now here's the funny part. Get ready. So Brittany at the time was probably in her in her. Um, I don't know. She may have been four, maybe yeah, she four was, or five. She she was small. She was little. Yeah, and I was a little bit confused and having a difficult time sending an email. And I remember sitting in my home and Brittany walks up with this one little pigtail that was flopping in the, you know, in the, in the air. And she says, dad, you don't send the email that way. So she crawls up in my lap, <laughs> types out the email, no. puts your name in and she presses send. She crawls down, grabs the cookie and walks off. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh my god! But that's typical Brittany. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and there she is now. She just Brittany just got uh, accepted into the university University of West Alabama for her right. master's in clinical mental health counseling. And right. so, how's she doing? She's doing great, man. Um, She's an incredible student, incredible athlete. I mean, man, you can't ask for anything more in a child, Greg. As they say, sometimes you don't know if you're going to strike lightning in a bottle twice. So, (laughs) 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 child, so far. Well, that's how old we've gotten is, uh, yeah, okay, 
she used to sit on your lap and write emails and now she's in getting her master's degree exactly exactly that's so cool well i want to talk uh you know there's been some you know you've been through some pretty rough stuff uh you know we'll we'll get into a lot of it here because I, I i've always found you to be this tremendous tremendous inspiration just in you know your happy-go-lucky approach to everything a uh, very smart guy very common sense guy but also tremendous tremendous strong faith in god and uh i remember you know before it was all about being an athlete and and i know you went through a marriage breakup uh and that was a very difficult thing for you but uh you always stayed the course you always looked after your athletes you're a coach you're still coaching athletes now correct i am yeah and so you, you were doing all of that and everything you're doing is really about other people taking care of other people and then uh and then i remember when you got sick and i really uh and this is something i've never told you i really misjudged the severity of the problem because you were so upbeat about everything and kind of minimizing everything but uh essentially for the listeners uh you know greg had complete kidney failure and uh, was on dialysis went on dialysis and was on dialysis for four and a half years and and i remember near the end of that four and a half year mark uh you know i had come out there um, mm -hmm. for a little bit and that was very sobering because i got to see how you know, you actually have a routine when you're on dialysis, you have a routine or you had a routine. These are the days right. that I can actually get stuff done. These are the days I'm absolutely useless. And this is, you know, and you just, you kind of function that way, Right. but you never stop serving people through that. You never stop training your clients and instilling hope and inspiration into them. But the reality was, is you were probably, I don't know, how far do you think you were from taking your last breath at that point? Well, at that particular point, I'd had uh, at least three near-death experiences, and I probably, to be quite honest, may not have made it another six months. It was taking a pretty heavy toll. Yeah, that's kind of what I remember. I, I remember it being a, a, a short number of months. I thought it was around four, but but yeah, uh, yeah it was just a you were you physically didn't look good. Uh, and the thing that really struck me was just how little you had in reserve. How, oh, yeah. Now, being on dialysis, how many days a week did you go? Or, uh, yeah, how many days a week were you in there? And for how long each time? Well, I would. I, I always went three days a week. There were a time or two that I went for, uh, depending upon what my fluid levels looked like at the time. And um, most of the time, it was three. And... I had done everything from the extreme end of four to four and a half hour dialysis down to uh, eight hour dialysis, which is generally considered nocturnal. Okay. And, um, you know, meaning that I would show up at the clinic around seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then um, I would leave somewhere around. Oh, probably anywhere between 5 a.m. and 6, you know, 6 uh, a.m., depending upon what time, you know, I was assigned to get my chair that night. Gotcha. And so you're, 
are you able to sleep during this or time or no? Try, you know, um, you know, the process is, is, you know, basically a cleansing of the blood and, you know, so every, every ounce of, you know, blood and minerals and fluid and all the good stuff and all the toxins are all coming out and they're being filtered through a machine and put back in. So, you know, what that generally means is your blood pressure, you know, can change multiple times within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, your adrenaline levels change, you know, here and there. Your metabolism is running through the ceiling. Um, so you're hungry. You're hungry. Um, your fatigue, your your fluid intake is limited, um, you know, to try to avoid having... Um, you know, a buildup of fluid in your, um, in your lungs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process, um, like none other, um, as it was described to me by one of the technicians when I was going through the process, it's like running a marathon every other day. Did it feel, did it honestly feel that way? Yes, like when you left in the morning, you, you you left and went to work, and you worked all day, and you worked yeah, in the gym I, training clients, right? Right. I would I would normally if I was able to sleep, uh, I would stop. I would eat, um, and um, you know take a nap or two and get up and get going. And if you really just kind of cut down to the chase. My daughter was at the time uh, thirteen. Yeah, and have gone through a uh, have gone through you know that that divorce and Brittany you know was living with me full time. Mm-hmm. And no matter how tired I was, no matter how much I wanted to baby stop and slow down, I wasn't going to show her any quit. And so if you want to say a big, huge part of my motivation was her. And, you know, truthfully, probably, you know, the, the a number one reason why I kept going. Now this went on for four and a half years. I, I can't imagine, like I try to think of doing that for a couple of weeks we're, we're doing this Daniel fast right now. It's a three-week fast, right? And really what it is is it's just a vegetarian diet. It's not that hard. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm limiting my calories. You know, I've been sick for like a couple of weeks here. And so, I, you know, right. I, I'm, I'm all bummed out and depressed and just want to get back to normal life. I can't imagine four and a half years, Greg. There had to be times when you just wanted to give up. Did you ever reach a point where you just wanted to die? I want to say yes, and it was in the very beginning. And there was a nurse at Brookwood Hospital that literally, um, she grabbed me by my hand one Saturday morning, and she said, son, you have, you know, a beautiful young daughter. You know, Brittany had just left the hospital. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you want to make it, you're going to have to deep dive and you're going to have to go at it. And I can still see her face as plain as today. Wow. Like, 
like she she could be sitting right next to me and we're having this conversation right now. And I've never taken something so serious in my life. And she didn't have to have that conversation with me, but something told her to do it, and she did, and I'm eternally grateful for it. Um, did that make the difference? Made a huge difference. Because the pain that I saw in my daughter's face every time, was it was killing me. And, um, you know, when you're left with or when you you know when you're when you're responsible for when you're responsible for a young person that you know at that particular point in time cannot provide for themselves you get up and do what you have to do now and Brittany lost her mom in that process at one point was that after dialysis or during it was after okay now, so you pushed through, and, I, and I'm certain you had bad days. I mean, I, I, oh, yeah. I knew you had bad days. Right. Was it always Brittany that snapped you out of it, or what was it? Um, I, I, have to say, I have to say, you know, it was a, a very, very strong, very, very grounded foundation, you know, in my upbringing, you know, in the church. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah, God. You know, having a, a you know a you know having a belief system that um, was truthfully the the you know the big, you know one of the biggest reasons. And um, you know, if there's ever a time, I, <laughs> how can I say this? I, I'm gonna say just say it straight. Just say it, man. If you ever question whether there's God or not. I got. I can tell you, he he, he is he is real. Um, and tell I know that how you know that, Greg, because <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm still here, and and, and nobody um, nobody knows. I, I mean, I'm sure other people know it as well as, well as I do. But um, there were there were there was a, a, a lot of things that happened along the way that you can't tell me that there's not a God. Like, like there was one, and this is actually one of my columns. I think, I think you've read it, but um, I show up at CVS uh, Pharmacy to pick up a medication that uh, I, I, I seriously needed. It was, it was for the calcification of my bones. And this was a very expensive um, medication. I believe it, it was about about an eight thousand dollar medication, and I show up, you know, just kind of stressed and worried. I'm like, "Geez, God, just please help me through this. Can I make payments? Something, anything?" And the pharmacist said, "Hey, wait a minute." Walks to the back, comes back, and hands me a three month supply of this medication for nothing. Oh my gosh. And you know, you've known me for a long time and I'm standing there like, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <"What?" laughs> and she looked at me and she said, Sir, your medication has been taken care of. And oh the way that it was 
Yeah, the way it was explained to me was that I needed that medication to live. And because um, you didn't have that money, I didn't have the money. I, I you know, I, had, I, I was fortunate enough to have friends and family who set up a fund for me because I wasn't working. But I had pretty much exhausted those funds traveling um, the region, you know, to you know different hospitals testing for it. Right. And, um, because you know, were, you, were you on a list for a kidney at that time? I was. I was on the list. Uh, I was on at least six, six different, uh, six different uh, hospitals. So now you said you have to travel around testing to see if you uh, mm-hmm. are suitable. Is it to see if you're a suitable match or find out what the criteria right. is for a match? Is that what it is? That's correct. So you have to That's do that process. What's that involve? Well, you know, normally, um, you know, there there are several different blood tests. There's several different, you know, actual true physical checkups that could last you anywhere from three days to two weeks. Um, I, I've, you know, had I had the occasion to have to um, travel to two different institutions where they tested me for, you know, two weeks. So it was, it was a two week stay. I couldn't just drive and, you know leave, you know, co- you know, Gosh. go and come. Yeah. So, um, and, and as a matter of fact, one of those institutions, uh, I think I went back three times. They were two weeks days each time. And now this, none of this is covered by insurance. Oh no, no, you've got to pay for this out of pocket. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, my, my, my insurance truthfully only covered 82% of it. The rest of it I've had to, you know, I've had to pay for. Yeah. Are you done so, paying for it? You know, the, I am. I'm finally done. Well done. The, uh, the family joke is they call me a $6 million man. <laughs> <laughs> did it get, did it get pretty high? The bill? I mean, what, including the transplant and, and all of it. Yes. To be honest, it, 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 it approached near, near me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was your end of it. That, well, that wasn't my end of it. Oh, gotcha. But the whole cost of it. Gotcha. The whole cost. Now, you did have a transplant. You had that huh? uh, in May of 2015. Correct. I remember. Uh, now, that just came up suddenly. That wasn't something that you saw coming, right? No, I did not. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and it was a live donor, it wasn't somebody that. I don't know. Donated yep. an organ or anything, right? I had no idea that that this you know this gentleman that I knew tested, and we were a eight out of twelve match, which is on a scale like a, almost what? Yeah, it's almost unheard of to be that that close. Okay, so that means that there's a higher chance of you not rejecting your body, not rejecting it, right. and then does it affect your meds and and the long term prognosis at all? It does. I mean, right now, you know. Fortunately, I am actually on one of the lowest dosages, you know, recommended. You know, thank God I've, 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 I've had the good fortune of good health and, and the drive to keep, you know, to continue yeah. and push, you know. So. Now, how much work is involved in the maintenance end now? I mean, you have to look after that. It's one kidney, right? You have to yeah. look after that. How does that impact your diet, your activity, all that kind of stuff? Hydration? Well, 
it, it affects all of it. Like, it's funny you say that because tomorrow morning I have to get up to go to lab work. Then I do telemed that afternoon. Um, you know, so you can, you can start off going, you know, post-transplant. You actually show up almost every day if you're local, you know, for, you know, for, you know, for blood work and, um, constant checks. Then it goes down to, it goes from like every day for about a week, maybe two weeks down to every other day for a few weeks down to maybe twice a month. And that's, you know, pretty much kind of how it goes down to just saying, Hey, well, you don't have to show up, but every, you know, every uh, six months now. Okay. So. <clears throat> you want to tell a story about, uh, about the transplant? Cause that was a pretty cool story. Oh the yeah. Donor. So Bob, Bob, uh, Bob, I have known for quite a while. Um, we kept his, um, identity, um, you know, quiet because of his, of his government clearance. And, um, I get a phone call from him thinking that it was just, uh, you know, Hey, meet me for coffee because I, I had actually inquired about some business, uh, um, information that he was privy to, uh, maybe two weeks prior to, so I sit down and we meet at Starbucks not too far from my home. And he says, Hey, wait a minute. My wife's coming, you know, to meet us. I was like, okay, cool. I've, I've never met Kelly. And, um, so he sits down and he's telling me the story about this man that he met in Auburn, Alabama, who had given, um, an organ to, um, a gentleman. And, and, um, so it prompted him to go test. And again, I had no idea. You know, my brother and I were a match, but Mark could not uh, give me a kidney because of his high blood pressure. And um, being, uh, I think he had just he had just come off deployment. Right. Your brother's in the military. Yeah, he's yeah, he's out now. Okay. And um you know, so you know, I you know, I kinda of told him I said, um, you know, hey, I, I can't have you risking your health and you have two kids, so I said, I'll just wait it out. And lo and behold, I was fortunate. Very, very, very fortunate, but um but at the uh, at the Starbucks when he, told, when he told me the story, he said, oh, hey, by the way, I'm giving you a kidney. I... <laughs> how did that feel? Like, I mean, what was your reaction you to know, that, you know? You know, it's kind of, you know, it's like, I said, you know how I am. I'm kind of like, huh, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I fall asleep and miss something? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I literally, uh, I, I'll admit it, I burst out in tears and, and um, just kind of didn't really know what to say, but I felt like somebody lifted a building off my shoulder. Now that and, was um, at that tail end when, uh, when it that was, was pretty, me. I, pretty, bleak. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, and I, and I'm, you know, and I, I remember you and I having this conversation that, 
yeah. I, I was making a you know I was making a point to get around to everybody that meant something to me because I knew that my time was getting close. Yeah. You know whether I got a chance to see you or not, whether I got a chance to um um physically see you or not, I, I at least was, was making an effort to you know, make contact. I, I had actually reached out to my brother about making sure that my daughter was taken care of. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty serious. And I, um, you know, it's something that, that I still struggle. I still struggle with, you know, even talking about to this day, but it's a, it's a harsh reality that I went through and a lot of people are going through, you know, right now. Yeah. Now, in the time you were, just to put that in context, the time you were in dialysis, that four and a half years, how many people that you, your dialysis treatment mates, people that you saw every day, that you were there, how many of those passed away while you were waiting for I watched, I watched one die maybe two months prior to me receiving a transplant, and I watched uh, three pass in my clinic the week of my transplant. Wow. How'd that feel? All, How'd that all I kept, please God, just let me make it out of here. So oh. I, I, every every day, almost every hour, if it wasn't by the minute, I was asking for God to please just let me out of here. Now, after you had the transplant, Greg, um, I, I know a lot of things changed in your life, and you know, I think anybody else in the world you're accusing of having a midlife crisis. I don't think anybody's thinking that about you. But I mean, no. dude, you just lit it up. You, you, you've you've lived this since I've known you. Everything you do is for your daughter, for your parents, for your friends, your clients. You always give a hundred and ten percent to everybody in your circle. Everybody that knows Greg gets 110% of Greg. Um, you know, just, just as the listeners know, we were in a tight spot last year, and uh, at Christmas time, you let me know that you're giving me a truck. <laughs> and you gave me a, a, an old truck that I really, really like, one that you rebuilt and like that. And I went out, and, I, and that truck has served me well for a year, and now I'm getting to return it to you. But... But uh, that's the kind of guy that Greg Hasbury is. And so when you got out, it was the first time that I saw you really dive into your life. You never stopped serving everybody else. Right. That didn't stop. But you no. really dove in and did the things. I mean, gosh, dude, you were out on the range. You got into jujitsu. The other cool thing was you started writing professionally. And you just... Talk about that, and I, I guess I guess having the transplant, and finally at some point, I would think that this thing is. When did it hit you, Greg? When did it hit you that, oh my gosh, I'm 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 gonna make it? When did that? When you know the transplant's done, everything's working. When did it actually hit, and how did that change your life? Well, I woke up, and my brother sitting on you know to the left of me. And I look up and I look at him and I said, uh-oh, I said, they messed up and let me live. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he actually bust out laughing. He's like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and, That's and, 
And I have to admit it now, he knew what that meant. But, you know, right. But we, you know, we have been, um, we have been talking about, and I, it's, I guess I'm kind of skipping around a little bit, but those who really, really know me, and you know I am, I don't say much, my brother really played a huge pivotal role in raising, you know, in raising me. He was seven years older than me. Right. And, um, you know, times in my life where I didn't feel so confident, when I didn't feel worthy or um, my faith was kind of maybe, you know, weighing, weighing a little bit, uh, he always instilled confidence and instilled um, a way to keep going. And um, I owe him everything for that. And, you know, he's a man that has served this country in ways I know and ways that I'll probably never know. And um, was the first person that actually really encouraged me to work on myself. How so? Well, you know, as a, it started as a, as a, uh, as an athlete, you know, putting me in the right direction. <laughs> Sorry about the dog. No, that's all right. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's Which fine. one's that? Um, Which one's that? That's, that's, that's Mitchell. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, you know, he, 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 he actually, you know, talked to me about getting my NCAA clearinghouse down. You know, I had multiple knee injuries. And he, you know, he pushed me to not give up on myself, you know, so he, um, introduced me to players, um, guys that were in the NFL, guys that were really doing, you know, doing some really great things. And, um, that, it kind of helped propel you know, me to, um, not, not only as a, as an athlete, but actually as a straight coach. And, uh, he had one friend who was a uh, former running back for the, um, Los Angeles Rams. I think they, I think in LA now, he moved a couple of times. And his older, and that, that gentleman's older brother was a defensive back for the Indianapolis Colts. And so those guys would, um, those guys would check up on me if I, if they were around, you know, they'd have me come work out with them. You know, later when I, you know, when I got into the street training game, um, they would talk to me about, you know, Hey, what's your game plan? Like, what are you doing? You know, how's your, what's your business model? And, um, funny, I still talk to them to this day. Wow. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So, 
So now these are things that you he know, couldn't be there for all the time because he's serving our country, right? So he just got some other guys to step in. Yeah. And, wow. and a, a beer. Now your dad has also played a, a huge integral role. Your, dad, you, your relationship with your mom and dad is extremely strong, right? Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. And so, um, and so, uh, uh, and I know you lived with them for a long time, uh, for your benefit, right. of course, recovering from the kidney, you know, that was, you had to right. be there for a while because I'm sure there's just a lot of things you couldn't do on top of working and on top of all yeah, the things, yeah. right? Financial and, you know, I, I had to sell my home and, you know, had just recently, you know, had gone, gone through a divorce right before all of that happened and you wanted to make sure that my daughter was in the right school system. And um, so, you know, through some dark stuff, some real, you know, some real hardcore um, positive. Yeah. From it all. You know, I, I was very, you know, it's funny, man. I, I honestly was like, I, I don't have anything to complain about. You know, giving me chances and opportunities to continue to elevate my life mm-hmm. regardless of whatever it was I was going through. There was, there was always like a hand out, you know, I, you know, like God always extended a hand or kept the door open and there was light. All you got to do is walk through. Wow. You know, positivity and faith are a choice. Sometimes it's hard to see that when we're focused on the hardships that we're going through, right? Absolutely. It is very difficult, but there is the opportunity. Just if you want. Yeah, just because it's difficult to see doesn't mean it's not there. You just have to look for that. I agree. And I mean, right. in, in my experience, you know, throughout life, it's always been the most difficult times, the most challenging times, the time when, you know, you're not sure if you're going to live to see the next day. That's when... God will do some of the greatest work in your life. You know, if you just look, that's where the greatest amount of growth, growth never comes from comfort, does it? It always comes from the most difficult places and the most more difficult it is, the more growth happens, right? As long as you don't get hung up on feeling sorry for yourself, really. That's right. You know, you, you've got to, you know, it's completely normal to, um, have a down moment. You know, it, it, it is completely um, okay. It's a part of the human experience. Right. What's not okay is if you continue to waller in it. Yeah. At some point in time, you're going to have to pick yourself up off the ground and you're going to have to, you're going to have to really go for it. And again, choices. Yeah. And I see that attitude or I see that attitude being projected. You know, I'm in your group for all your athletes and I see your posts every day and the stuff you say to them. And, uh, you know, you're a very caring, kind guy, <laughs> but there's also a point where it's okay. Get up and start hauling, hauling butt up the mountain. Right. Cause you got, you got work to do. You got things to yep. do. Right. Yep. And that's just the reality oh, yeah. of life. You know, you have, 
you can if you get mired in your hardship and it becomes a habit to focus on you, then you don't see the the doors that God opens for you and you don't see the purpose for the tragedy or the pain or the challenge you know and and oftentimes that challenge is to sharpen us and get us ready i mean going through what you've been through and this is what i wanted to talk about next is you know you got into shooting you got into jujitsu and you started writing as we talked about right now jujitsu jujitsu is a martial art where uh nobody does you any favors right you earn if you if you're if you if you ever meet a black belt in jujitsu trust me that's that's a bad dude or a bad you know that's a tough girl you know because uh you 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 earn it a hundred times more than you really probably need to but when you finally get it when you just graduated now to blue belt and uh and you've been fighting competitively and finishing in the top in virtually every meet you go in, you're usually in the right. top three, right? Have you been less than top, top three? three? Yes, sir. No, I've not. I've not finished out of the top three. And so, and how long were you a white belt? A year and a half. Fighting like that all across the country, never out of the top three, and it took right. that long to get a blue belt. And so that's, to me, that's that's that makes that it's got to make that blue belt just feel so much better oh, right to be honest with you every, every time i put it on it means something. It, 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 it's crazy because it's like it's like it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god it did it's like man this feels great you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean you really really did earn that you put in your time your training how many days a week do you train in jiu-jitsu uh, three to four. Okay. And you've been doing yeah, that three. consistently. Now, the yeah. the shooting thing, you got into long-range rifle shooting, right? I did. Okay. I started off USPCA actually doing pistol matches. Mm-hmm. And um, I started, I, I, I've been working with, you know, with some guys uh, here locally, um, uh, Jared Hudson and Mike Rebels of the Shooting Institute. And... Uh, you know, ex Navy SEAL and one's a, I think he's a Ranger. And, you know, a couple of like the, the, the coolest guys you ever meet in your life. No, uh, no drama, no BS, just get it done. Yep. And, um, again, you know, coming off of the, off of the, off of the dial, coming off of the transplant, man, I was tired. You know, I, I was still trying to fight, push myself to, to you know, elevate my, my life again. Yep. And, you know, I I ended up, you know, telling Jared, you know, you know, Jared, you haven't had a chance to meet Jared. You've actually talked to Mike uh, on the phone, but I uh, I looked at him one day and I said, man, I said, you know, you don't know how grateful I am, to, you, know, to, you know, for you. And he said, why? And I said, you helped to instill and uh, and bring out something in me that I didn't know that I would have the opportunity to do again. And I said, for that, you know, I can never thank you enough. Wow. And so, you know, he, you know, he, uh, you know, you're, you know, you're talking to this, you know, talking to this, you know, this, this Navy SEAL who can, who can take you out and break you in half inside five seconds. <laughs> you know, you're having a, you're having a little moment, but, uh, yeah. but, 
I, I again, you know, God provided, you know, and, and, and um, you know, here again, you, you know, we're talking about two of the most spiritual men that I, I've ever crossed. Also, yeah, I mean, truthfully, Terry, you need to count yourself in there too. You, mm-hmm. you never, you never let me get down. Well, you know, you're you're a hard guy to convince to stay down because you just you're just very very resilient, and God has put. That's the thing. I look at your life, Greg, and there's just, <clears throat> you know, th- what you're putting out into the world now compared to what you were putting out into the world prior to this is very, very different. Uh, oh, yeah. Before it was very well intended, this has got right. life attached to it. There's some right. an incredible purpose. And 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 it's just it's awe-inspiring you know it it really uh, and so if you're having a bad day man i'm going to think of anything i can to tell you just to throw a little wood on the fire and get you back where you need to be but um when you dove into writing now i'm i'm no you know i'm no i mean i i write uh and i've written Mm -hmm. for magazines but when you took on writing and and uh you allowed me to give you my two cents worth and then you took that and dude you just blew it up but you write for you write for a local paper don't you who all do you write yeah for? It's a, a local publication um it was well, actually moved i've gone from i've gone from i think i've gone into three publications now yeah and uh you know i'm enjoying every minute of it you know and everything you know, I, I was a little worried at first because talking to the editor, I finally just reached out to her. I said, listen, I said, am I too raw? And she said, no. <laughs> she said, this is exactly what people need and want to hear. Um, I was a little worried that I was kind of almost too, like, gruff or too, you know, you know, you know, down, down the line for that particular audience. It, it was a, um, it was, it's a hit. And she said they're, they're male, um, readers or viewers, you know, as you see it online actually increase. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I mean, I read most of them at, at some level of, you know, finished, um, and and uh, I would agree. They were very. The stuff that was that you write is all from your life experience. It's all from the heart, and it's all that that kind, sweet Greg Hasbury, caring guy. You know, clearly doing living life the way. You know, you, you, you set the tone for me a lot of the time. It's like, okay, am I being a good Christian? You know, look at what Greg's doing. I'm, I'm falling short of the mark. I need to look at things and people, and I need to learn my scripture more, and I need to do things differently because I'm not, I'm not walking the walk the way I should be. And, and the thing of it is, is you've got that side of Greg, and then you got this other side of Greg that is very gruff, very to the point, very matter of fact. That's that guy when you fall flat in your face and you don't think you can make another breath. Yes, he'll pick you up, but he'll also kick you in the pants and get you going back up the hill again. And and that's you see that in your writing, and it's 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 a thing that I think people try to be, but if you're 
if that's not who you are, you're never going to achieve that. And so finding somebody who's got that combination of incredible zest for life, an incredible loyalty, an incredible sense of purpose, you know, uh, the mentors that I've met that you've had are, are just, wow, these are incredible people. And, and, uh, and all of that has become you. And then I, I met your dad and I met your mom and, and Brittany, of course. And, and, uh, and I see the, I see the world that you immerse yourself in and the expectation is very, very high, but you deliver, but you deliver in such a kind, loving way. And so that's what shows up in the writing. Um, I was surprised at, I remember the very first article you sent for me to look at and then jet forward about six months uh, you developed extremely fast as a writer. Uh, yeah. what, well, what was the I, breakthrough for you? I kept, I honestly just decided to just be myself. Yeah. If you really want to know the truth, I just decided to be me. And I didn't, I, you know, again, I was, I, and I'm still a little bit that way when I'm, you know, when I'm out in public or when I've done speaking engagements, you know, I, I don't dummy myself down, but I try to show a little bit more, um, compassionate front. And again, you know, I love people. I love to help people. I I don't know if I would call it a ministry to a degree. Um, I've kind of had to slow down with the, with, you know, the, the community service projects just because of COVID. And I'm and I'm very very anxious to get back to that. I did a little bit at Christmas, but um, I can't tell you if I where I know that it came from. But I honestly, deep down, deep down inside, sometimes feel like society needs a kick in the pants. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I think a lot of old guys in the best would agree. Yeah. But, it's like sometimes like what are you crying about? Right. You got breath. Yeah. Yeah. Take your nose out of everybody else's business. Mind your own and quit whining. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing funnier to me than that little meme that says, See about yourself. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> I crack up every time I see it. Yeah. <laughs> but but that that even though that's simple and it's funny, it goes a long way. Yeah. And so many people fall short of seeing about themselves. You can't pull from an empty cup. No. But, you know, society right now is dictated on, right now, I'm kind of steering off on a a different subject, but, well, a slightly different subject. Like, everybody's got a problem. Everybody's pissed off about something. Yep. No, nobody's nobody's really bringing any solutions to the table. It's all negative, 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 negative. Yep. And that's got to stop. Yeah. And I think it will. I think these things go in cycles. You know, I I was, you know, I was just thinking. Um, saw a really good movie the other night that I watched i've watched dozens of times and i was sick in bed with a fever and i was just laying there and oh, i'm gonna put this on because it always makes me feel good or at least i enjoy it, it makes me feel something and uh and it was a, a vietnam war movie and you know i thought about those guys coming home and how much disrespect they had 
and how people hated them and, you know, treated them so badly. And, and you know, we've come, you know, it's the other direction now. We, we respect our, our people in the military. We hate cops now, you know. Um, and cops used to be good guys at one point. <laughs> and now they're the, the pit of all evil as far as the country is concerned and, and a lot of the world. And, and so I think these are just trends that kind of go in and out and pass. And, and, and so, so I don't know, I, because I, I noticed like in, 2022 here and, and this is going to be a whole off track rant here but you know social media itself is just it's just so much white noise it's the same thing yeah, day dude. after day the people that profit from keeping everybody angry just get up every day and make mm-hmm. sure everybody's angry that everybody you know is is divided the people that make money from being people being divided you know they make sure everybody's divided every day and everybody just gets up reads their stuff that they want to read so they feel angry or divided or afraid and and then they just go on about their day and make the decisions that way well after a while these are heightened emotions well after two three years of being angry you know you just don't want to be angry anymore you know, I'd like to, I, I, I want to get up and enjoy my kids and enjoy the sunshine. And, right. and like I was telling, I was having this conversation with, with Anna the other day and I said, okay, if we just turn off the TV, which we do here and just stop looking at social media, I said, and walk outside of your house. I don't see anything happening in our community here that even remotely relates to what I'm seeing on TV and on social media. So maybe that's the problem. You know, and I said, you know, I'm done with it. I'm just done with it. You know, I'll get on Facebook to communicate with my friends that I want to communicate with, but I'm not consuming all this crap anymore. I'm done with it. You know, no. and I think at some point, you you know, I I think the majority of people will get there because I just don't, you know, that's not what I'm seeing in my day to day life. You know, no. I can argue, oh, yes, gas prices and inflation. Yes, we see those things. Yes, absolutely. But do I see the kind of hatred that everybody's spewing? No. You know, I've got no. friends that are Republicans. I've got friends that are liberals. i got friends that are, you know, and yeah, we disagree on some things. There's some of them I have some really interesting conversations with. There's some people that just, okay, let's just not talk about this. But, you know, we don't stop being friends. I mean, some people have. Some absolutely. people have cut me out of their life. But the thing of it is, is uh, I just, like, I... I'm not going to talk to anybody about it because it doesn't move the needle on anything. It just creates, you know, I'd rather talk, let's talk about the beach or let's talk about working out or let's talk about guns or whatever we, whatever we enjoy or kids or whatever it is. And why focus on that other crap? Because it doesn't move the needle on anything. Nothing changes. It's so much division that, you know, and so that's just it. Like I just tell people, like, I just don't want to hear it. I just don't, I don't care. And I don't want to hear it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, and, and I'm sorry, I, you, know, it, you know, just to add on to that rant, if you're getting all your news on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. you're already lost. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to steer back to our interview here. We're, we're, we're stretching it out, but I, I really want to talk about this because this is really an important thing. Um, just a short time ago, um, you know, we were talking and you let me know that your dad is having problems with his kidneys now and that he's going to have to start dialysis. She said tomorrow he goes in um, and the, the process begins. Now, finding that out, Greg, being free of it all, getting a whole other life, you know, strengthening your relationship with God, all of it. You know, Brittany is 
gone on. She's doing amazing things. She's killing it in school and, and things that business is going well. Everything's going well. And then dad is about to start dialysis. Now your dad is, what is he in his eighties now? Seventies? 83. Yeah. How did that hit you? Well, I think I, I think I, I, I kind of, um, I kind of spun around for about two, about 48 hours. I, my, my head just kind of swam. Um, focusing on anything and, and tr- trying to, um, trying to wrap my head around it was next to impossible. For, you know, for about 48 hours. And then, um, you know, I said, okay, all right, you know, here's, you know, here's another part of your purpose. You know, you, you've had this experience, you know, he took care of me. I can, I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times he sat up with me at, not to be gross, but two or three o'clock in the morning while I was throwing up bow. Yeah. And he was, he was standing there with me, you know, you know, fix a bowl of soup and sit at that kitchen table with me till five or six in the morning. Sometimes I fell asleep at the table. He wasn't strong enough to pick me up and like move me to the, to the bed, but he still sit there with me. Wow. And now you're going to go through this with your dad. How does that feel? You know, man, uh, I'm still, to be truthful, I'm still processing it, but um, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm much better right now than I was a couple of weeks. You know, I guess like a month ago. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's, 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 uh, it's scary. You know, he's 80, he's 83 years old. Um, and it's it's something that to be truthful, I don't know if he has the physicality to survive it. I know he's got the mental capacity to do it. Yeah. But there's a huge difference between a forty one year old man and an eighty three year old man. Right. And I do have my my worries, but God got it. Yeah. All I can do here on earth is to be there for him, help walk through him with this process on a daily basis, and be there for everything. Now, this process, Greg, is obviously going to be hard on him. Obviously, you're going to understand the process. I would imagine being there is going to be a massive trigger for you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Is it going it to be, is it going to is it going to bring you and dad closer together? Is it going to be hard for you to do this with yep. your dad? No, I can do it. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, you know, there's a dynamic between fathers and sons that I never understood more clearly until this happened. And I mean, and it, it, you know, it goes on between mothers and daughters also. 
no matter how old you get, they still see you as their child. Their child, yeah. And that, and, and that's not necessarily a um, something that should be viewed as a put down, but they gave you life or they brought you here. And, and naturally, they're going to have their worries. They're going to have their fears. They're going to enjoy your successes and they're going to, you know, hopefully be there through, you know, with you through your failures. Right. But for he and I, you know, <laughs> the, the, the alpha male mentality, I guess, you know, according to my mother, didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> you know, we're in. Yeah. That ho- that's know, a house full of men over there. There's no question. <laughs> there's yeah. nobody confused about their gender in that group I'll tell you no no, there's no confusion going on no. <laughs> but you know at the same time you, you gotta put that stuff down you know to, to to help each other get to where we you know where we need to be right and um, it is already enhanced our dynamic, which which you know has great you know vastly improved you know you know over the years, you know we we had our typical father son um, moments, you know just like any other. But you know I you know I tease him all the time, I'm like, hey man, you smarter than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he enjoys that. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, are you going to sit with him through the dialysis the first time? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're shooting for, um, you know, there'll be an initial process where, you know, he'll, he'll have to do it, you know, at the hospital. Yeah. When he goes to I'll, you know, I'll sit with him. Yeah. Is he afraid? Mm, he's got a lot of questions and that's all right you know yep how about your mom she she's struggling she's struggling you know it she doesn't necessarily show the fear um but you can see it you know this is you know this is a couple that um, 59 years. Right. A long time. Yeah, it is. How about Brittany? Is this, uh, is this a rerun for her? It's definitely a rerun for her. Have you yes, talked uh, to her about it? I have. You know, she's, she's, she's full of questions and, um, She's, you know, she's kind of um, not certain really what to think, but, um, you know, but again, you know, like I said, we, uh, we, you know, she's already seen it, you know, she knows what it looks like. So that's her fear. And, you know, she's never, she's never lost anybody close to her or, or come close to it. Well, she, you know, except me, mm-hmm. you know, so that's. That in itself is hard. Yeah, I can imagine. 
then um you know my my brother is pretty um I wouldn't say laid back. He's got his questions. I think it's, um, I guess we're kind of a, a lot of like in that particular aspect where we kind of, you know, just we we can only react off what's in the, you know, what it put in front of us. Right. So, Greg, when you go when you go to bed at night, what do you pray for? Honestly, the very first thing that I pray for is peace with this whole entire world. Yeah. Every every night without fail for the last at least years. You know, not to jump you know, subject around, but man, we we're we're in some times right now where God is not being put forth but being put in front. Yeah. And you know, I I, I said before and again, I hope I don't ever offend anybody, but um, but you know, I stand firm in my faith, and if someone doesn't agree, you know, that's okay. You know, you, everybody has a right to their their thought process. Right. But I tend to think that, and I see that we are living revelation. That's what a lot of people think. Yep. Yep. And it is a reality. Yeah. Well, Greg, you're a great man of faith. I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I'm going to let you go so you can have a meal and get on with your evening. Um, <laughs> anybody that's listening that believes, please say some prayers for Greg and for his family, for his father. Uh, dialysis starts here very quick for dad. Um Greg, I'm going to put a link at the bottom for anybody who wants to contact you. Reach out for any reason. Uh, there'll be a contact in the in the uh, in the link below, or we'll put a link below. Thank you, everyone, for listening, um, and thank you, Greg, for taking time out of your very very busy day. I know you've got <laughs> your days are just stacked up all the time, and now this is just going to take so much more again. But there's ever been a man that I know that could handle it and carry that well it's going to be so thanks for listening everyone be back in a few days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted the podcast I'm here